Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness to pray and to rest before he began his public ministry. This year during Lent, join Pastor Hook to pray and rest as we learn about our calling to be a life-changing connection to Christ in our world. We are in episode 33 of our study, Life-Changing Connection to Christ in Our World. This is our vision of our congregation that because of Christ Lutheran Veil, we would connect people to Jesus. And that's what we've been called to do. It's a great mission. Uh, it's a great vision. The, the mission we have is to make loving disciples. And then when we make loving disciples, we pray that because of our congregation, that the Vail community, Southern Arizona, Arizona, the world, or whatever, whatever God can place in our life that makes us um, do his, you know, causes us to use our time, talent, and treasure to build his kingdom, that we would be a life-changing connection to Christ in our world. And that's what we're all about. And yesterday we spent some time, uh, the last episode, looking at the parable of the 10 bags of gold. And it's a rather frightening parable. And we're going to take a look at the same parable, but we're going to look at it from Luke. Because Luke also has the same parable. And it's even more frightening. So I think we'll just read the parable and then we'll get right into it. This is Luke 19, beginning at verse 11. While they were nearing, while they were listening to this, uh, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Let me just stop right there. He told this parable because the people thought that the kingdom of God was coming near. They thought that Jesus was going into Jerusalem to overthrow Herod, to fight against the Roman Empire, that they might restore the kingdom of David in Jerusalem, and that Jesus would sit on the throne in Jerusalem. Now, the, the couple problems with that, first of all, is that David died, and if Jesus were to sit on the throne and rule from the throne in Jerusalem, that wouldn't be good because at some point he would die also. No, Jesus was talking about a whole different kingdom. The kingdom that Jesus is talking about is us, his church today. His church, which is the kingdom of God, which lasts forever. So you and I will live forever. This kingdom that he established lasts forever. This one that fights against Satan and the powers that he unleashes upon this world, this kingdom fights against that, and this kingdom lasts forever. And it's not an earthly kingdom. That's the thing that is so important to understand. I was talking to somebody yesterday that is just absolutely beside himself because of, um, and I'm sorry, I haven't followed this very much, but there's apparently some legislation that's going through the Senate or the House that could dramatically impact the ability of the churches to freedom have freedom of, not necessarily freedom of worship, but freedom to follow what Scripture says in various areas. And um, I, I guess I'm I I don't know why, but I'm not concerned about that. And the reason why I'm not concerned about that is because I yes, it's possible that at some point the United States, which has been a great nation to help churches grow and flourish in the United States. At some point, 
any nation, for whatever reason, could turn their back on people of faith and say, we don't like you anymore. We don't want you anymore. What you're talking about is not helpful for our kingdom, you know, for our kingdom and the kingdom on this earth. And so we're going to not let you do, you know, freedom of worship and freedom of association and freedom of that sort of thing. And it will be a horrible time for the church, but it won't be the end of the church. <laughs> because right now, the church, where's the fastest part of the church growing right now? It's, it's in Asia. It's in China, which is interesting because apparently the church was in China 500, 600, 700 AD. Uh, and, and you go look at some of these temples that they have. They were actually Christian temples. There's Christian artwork all over them. And apparently the church was there, but then... For whatever reason, the government said, we are not going to let you, and they crushed out the church. But now the church, the fastest part of growing church is in China, and they're not even allowed to necessarily freedom of assembly. So it's all done in small groups. It's all done the way Jesus did it, which is you gather 12 people and you teach about the kingdom of God, and you do it you know, under the radar so that the, the, you know, the, the, is the communist people of China can't the CCP doesn't even know about it. It's the fastest growing church. So I don't worry about the fact that our churches at some point could not, for whatever reason, could not have freedom of worship here in the United States. I mean, I doubt that's going to happen, first of all. There's way too many Christians or way too many people who you know follow Christ, um, you know, are okay with the Christian church. But it could happen. It could happen in... 20, 30, 50 years from now, where who knows what happens? I mean, you, you just never know the power of that roaring lion prowling, prowling the world, trying to destroy the, the kingdom of God, but he can't destroy the kingdom of God. He cannot destroy the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here to stay, and God has given us a mission, and uh, we have to fight against the evil powers of this world and all that sort of thing. So we need to do that, but but the kingdom shall remain. That's that we know that for that for a fact. Sorry. All right. So, um, so he tells this parable. He said, "A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minus. Put this money to work," he said, "until I come back." But his subjects hated him. These aren't the servants. These are the subjects. And sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. So <laughs> the subjects, great. So the, the, the servants are all of those in, in the kingdom. The, you know, we're, we're serving the king. We are, and because we serve the king and because he died and rose again and called us now not servants, but, uh, but children of, of the king, um, we, we continue to do the king's work. But the subjects, which is everybody else in this world, um, they, don't, they don't like it. So th th this is perfect, you know, with what we're talking about. I mean, it's uh, this world fights against the kingdom because the kingdom is so dramatically different. And, so, and they don't like the kingdom. And that's why they crucified and killed Jesus, because the world doesn't like you know, the power of Satan in this world is very strong. Let me put it that way. And he has hold over a lot of people. And they don't want the kingdom. So they sent a delegation. He was made king, however, of course, because he died and rose again and took his reign on the throne. 
He was made king, however, and returned home. And then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a small matter. Take charge of the ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what did you not what you did not put in and reap what you did you did not sow. Verse 22, his master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, you could have collected it with interest? And then he said to those standing by, take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given, but as for the one who has nothing, even that will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. And um, so kind of the implication here is that this guy who uh, was put the put the mina in the ground he was like an enemy of God, Christ he did not do what he was told with this with the things that he had been given he no longer had the blessings of the kingdom let me put it that way um so he's he's an enemy and he gets killed <laughs> and you say wait that's a pretty harsh punishment but if you go back and remember what we said at the last episode in Matthew 20 25 verse 29 Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they will have, will be taken from them and throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you get this you get this indication that a couple things. First of all, if you're in the kingdom of God, you need to you, you need you need to use your time, talent, treasure, everything that God has given you for the purposes of the kingdom. Do you have to use it all for the purpose of the kingdom? No. Do you have to completely revolve your life around the kingdom? In some respects, yes, because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 5, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, we as members of the kingdom have to continue to grow our faith so that we change our focus from the things of this earth to the things of the kingdom. And what are the things of the kingdom? That is, you know, it's life, love, happiness, peace, joy. It's all great stuff, right? It's all the rights and privileges of the king in the kingdom. You just have to have that mindset and seek God and understand that every blessing that he gives you is a blessing from him. And that we use those blessings to serve other people. We use those best blessings to love other people. That's what the kingdom is all about. And if he's given you a great amount of things, he kind of expects you to use your great amount of things for his kingdom. If he's only given you a little amount of things, he kind of expects you to use those little amount of things for the work of the kingdom. Because ultimately, a follower of Jesus Christ Letting the Holy Spirit work in your life, letting God's word 
work in your life shapes and transforms and molds you into one who loves being in the kingdom and loves to use every resource you have to share for the kingdom. This is a growing of your faith. This faith is planted as a seed in your life and then it sprouts and then it grows and then it bears fruit. That whole entire faith, it gradually shifts from the things of this earth to the things of God, to the things of the kingdom. That's what your faith does over time. And some people, it's a, it's a gradual, slow growing. Some people, it's a fast growing. It doesn't matter what the speed is. What matters is that we as the church grow the kingdom, that we of the church have a mindset of making the kingdom primary in this world. That is what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do at Christ with Veil. And I look at this parable and I think, man, Jesus has just blessed us with so many things. And it would be, we would be a servant who hides our mina or our bag of gold in the ground and does nothing with it if we do not take the gifts that God has given us and use it for the sake of the kingdom. And the reason why this the untrustworthy or the bad servant puts the money in the ground is because they're afraid, right? You are a severe man and I was afraid and so I hid it in the ground. And this is, God is a severe God. There's no question about it. You look at the God in the Old Testament and there are some huge punishments for not following him in the Old Testament. But God came, or Jesus, God came into the flesh as Jesus in this world to fulfill the Old Testament law. The only commandment that Jesus has for us right now is to love one another, to love God and love one another. That those are the, he fulfilled all the other commandments. Those are the only two commandments. And how do we love God? There's, there's very, very many ways that we love God. But we should not live in fear about breaking God's Old Testament laws when we use the time, talent, and treasure that God has given us to, to bring his kingdom into this world. And th- that's the whole message of this parable, right? The whole message of this parable is take those leaps of faith. Go use the, the things I've given you and follow me and expand my kingdom. And so if God's given us land and building and property and people, the last thing we should be worried about is you know, how people did things in the past to try to bring the kingdom of God into this earth. We need to be forward-thinking and forward-looking and understanding that the main mission of our church is to bring about the kingdom of God onto this earth as best as we can with the time, talent, and treasure and resources that God has given us. We need to, as Paul says, look out into the world and figure out what the world is looking for and what meets their needs and how we can love the world. And it's a great thing about a church is we can look in our own community and say what are our community's needs and then we as a church can follow those community needs. 
And uh, that is what we're called to do. We, we're called to preach the truth from God's scripture, which we do, because I believe, well, I'm, you know, I've made an oath to this to you at my ordination that the God that God's word is is full and complete and tells us everything we need to know about the kingdom and that um that I I love God's word and that is you know is pure and perfect and true and is a guiding beacon for who we are in this world and we should follow it so there is that but it's also this word I'm not going to put undue burdens on people that are not mentioned in God's word. And that is also a very, very much Protestant Lutheran principle is that we do a lot of things in our church and we think it's part of God's word and it may not necessarily be God's word. We have to stay true to God's word, but we stay true to only God's word, which gives us a tremendous amount of freedom to take leaps of faith to do things that we believe God's called us to do that that help our community. One of the things, I'm so proud of our church. We did this um, packing, this food packing, uh, uh, you know, a couple years ago. And we did it on Sunday morning. We actually didn't worship on that Sunday morning. Well, we were worshiping. Because if you look at Paul's definition of worshiping, it's what you do with your life. It's not what you do on Sunday morning. Um, so we were worshiping. We were just worshiping in a different way. We were packing food to serve the community. And I just absolutely um, was blown away by how much food we packed and how much joy was in that room and how much joy it brought to our community and, and resources and all of them. And they were just absolutely thrilled that a church would be able to partner with them to do something in our secular world, which is feeding the people who don't have food every day on their table. And there are a lot of people like that in the Vale area. I know it doesn't seem that that's the case, but there are probably 30 or 40 percent of the people in our community that are on free and reduced lunch, um, and they don't have the resources to to have food in their in their on their table all the time. So this this is a real need, and it's something that we we followed. And I believe that that's one of these things of taking a risk to say, okay, God. What is the need in our community and how can we meet it? And yeah, it doesn't look like we've done it in the past, but it, we know it's serving you. We know it's serving you because you can just see the blossoming gift of God in the community for that sort of thing. And these are the things that the church of the 21st century, we have to look at how can we partner with our community, how can we love our community? How can we do the things of our community? How can we take steps of faith to do things in our community? Will they all work out? No, they won't all work out. Sometimes we'll do it and it'll fail miserably, but sometimes we'll do it and God will bless it. If we come together as a congregation and say, this is something that we feel is a great need, it's it's new, it's challenging, we've never done this before, but we feel like God's called us to do this then I believe when we all come together and we say, yes, this is something that God wants us to do, and we do it, and we truly believe in our heart that it'll you know, expand the kingdom of God, I don't, God will bless it, I guarantee you, because God wants us to expand the kingdom of God. He doesn't want us to be fearful and to hide our bags of gold in the ground and do nothing. No, he gave us these gifts because he wants us to use them. I just want to show you some other Bible verses 
like Philippians 4, 18 and 19. This is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. He says, I've received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. What Paul is saying, this is, a, this is Paul in prison. They've given um, his, him some gifts uh, through Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. And of course, Paul, no matter where he was, he felt like he was um, well-blessed, that he, you know, he could still do the things of the kingdom of God. He didn't need much, <clears throat> but they, that they gave him a little bit just to show him that they still remembered him and loved him. And then Paul says, you know, this gift that you've given me, <clears throat> God will meet, even though you've given from yourself to other people, God will still meet all your richest needs according to, glory, to his glory in Jesus Christ. In other words, when we use our gifts, to build the kingdom, God amply provides much, much more uh, in a community that is willing to sacrifice some of their community stuff for other people to to bless other people. God more than amply provides as a community. That's, and I've seen that over the past what twenty years. I've seen that time after time after time again. Let's look at Ephesians three twenty. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. That's us. That Christ can do anything. He can do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. Or John 15, 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I, I, I know, I've seen, that when we all put our hearts on the things of the kingdom of God. God provides the resources. He follows through and blesses. I think any time that a church comes together and says, Lord, you've called us to love the world. You've called us to expand your kingdom. We're willing to take a step of faith and we're going to go do this one thing. And the purpose of this one thing is to expand your kingdom. We're not going to hide our 10 bags of gold in the ground. We're going to actually use it to expand the kingdom, to do the things you've called us to do. And we're, we're not going to be afraid about how that's been done in the past. We're going we're gonna to look forward and say, What's it going to look like in the future? And how can we use all the tools and the gifts and the internet and the Zoom and the, you know, the Facebook and all, I mean, all the different things. How can we take all this stuff and be forward looking to say, how can we bring your kingdom to a world that desperately needs it? And it may look radically different than what it looked like in, in the past. Sunday morning worship may look radically different. Things on the internet may look radically different. We might do things on different nights of the week that could look radically different. Whatever it is, God, that you've called us to do, our purpose is to make disciples, to go and to teach people to be like you. That's what we're, that's what we're called to do. And however we can do that, we're going to stay faithful to that mission. And we're not necessarily going to stay faithful to things of the past that may work today, but they may not work today. We're gonna, and we're going to take the risk as a congregation to really put the bags of gold that you've given us to work for you, whatever that takes. I believe God will 
give us even more bags of gold and we'll we'll bless it and 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 say you good and faithful servant i gave you this and you put it to work for good use in my kingdom and um that truly is the thing that scares me most (laughs) as a pastor of a church as a pastor of a church that has been blessed with so much are these sentences but those enemies of mine who did not want me to be the king bring them here and kill them in front of me or really the one from Matthew 25 and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth man I do not want to be an unfaithful servant to God because he has blessed me with so much in this world and I feel called to him to, to lead this congregation to bless the Vale community, whatever that takes. And this, this just chills me to the bone. I do not want to be a worthless servant thrown outside into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I just don't want to do that. So um, that, that chills me to the bone. That, that, um, that, is, that is why... I feel like the church always has to be willing to take a risk in some area to use the time, talent, and treasure that God's given us to do something for the kingdom, whatever that is. Try new things. If they work, great. If they don't work, let's not do them again, right? Let's, let's just take little steps of faith, big steps of faith, enormous steps of faith, and God, let us use everything that you've given us to do the one thing you've called us to do, which is to go make disciples. So let's, um, let's end it there and we'll close with prayer. Gracious God, thank you for the gifts that you've given us. Help us to focus on you and your kingdom to bring your kingdom to the world around us. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen.